Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Monday, March 27th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, we are less than a week away from opening day Thursday. Uh, but first, the Guardians got dealt some pretty scary news uh, on Sunday evening. Tristan McKenzie removed from his last start of uh, spring training uh, after just one inning, uh, right triceps soreness. Uh, Hoinsey, what's the latest and, and what do we know and when do we expect to hear more about what's going on with Tristan? Yeah, uh, you know, th- right now that's where the situation stands, Joe. You know, I was talking to, uh, you know, Bart Swain and, and Chris Antonetti last night. Uh, they said there would, would be no updates until today on Tristan. Um, Terry Francona seemed optimistic that maybe, it, you know, they got it in time and that it wasn't serious. You know, and he said, hopefully it was just, uh, you know, tight and and we move on. Uh, but, you know, I, I just think uh, it, it's it's probably questionable if, if Tristan is going to make that start on Friday against Seattle for the second uh, se- second game of the regular season. Uh, just, you know, awful timing and, and awful circumstances in terms of, you know, the Guardians had made it through camp relatively healthy. Uh, the only real uh, injury concerns through camp were was to, to Sam Hentges, who's who's you know still sidelined with a sore shoulder, uh, but he seemed to be making progress. Uh, other than that, uh, other than a few nicks and bruises here and there, uh, it it seemed like the Guardians were were pretty healthy and, and the rotation was intact. Uh, now that's all in question with uh, you know McKenzie's ability to make his next start. Uh, you know at this point uh, until we hear something, you know pretty much in doubt uh what are the options for the the guardians in that regard uh as as they sort of look to to get this first week lined up well the, you know one option is joe they could uh, have zach plesak who was you know wasn't scheduled to pitch against seattle he was going to stay back here in goodyear when the team broke camp on tuesday and pitch a, a minor league game and then join them in seattle so he'd be you know it online to start uh, April 3rd, that first game against Oakland. So he could fill in for Tristan or, you know, you could bring, uh, 
you know, uh, Hunter Gaddis is in the bullpen. He's a starter by trade. He pitched uh, a minor league game over the weekend to get his keep his arms stretched out so he could possibly fill in for Tristan. Or you could bring up, uh, you know, Xavier, you know, if they have to make a move with Tristan or put him on the IL, you could bring up uh, Xavier Curry, you know, who uh, Francona really liked. And, you know, kind of they sent him down to keep, so he could keep stretched out, you know, in a starter's role just for kind of an emergency like that. You know, not, a, you know, specifically they were talking about bad weather in Cleveland and he could come in and, and pitch, you know, the second game of a doubleheader or something like that. But I get, but they weren't thinking about injury, but perhaps, you know, he, he could serve a dual purpose in that regard. We know that Plesak would be stretched out uh, to to starters, you know, innings or whatever. Uh, at this point, what do you think Gaddis could give them if if he were to get the start on Friday? I know he uh, he started over the weekend, I believe, in a in a, a a minor league game. Yeah, you know, Joe, he's pitched a lot of innings. He just said, I think he's made one start. He's pitched like uh, you know, I want to say sixteen innings. And uh, this spring and, uh, you know, I think he could give them four or five innings. You know, uh, we've seen him go two, two and a third. You know, we just haven't seen him, you know, go deep like, uh, you know, like uh, a Bieber or something like that. We haven't seen him go into the sixth inning. So, you know, if that's an option, maybe maybe that's the course they take. Uh, as far as Tristan goes, I mean, this was a season where I think a lot of eyes were, were going to be on him and. And looking at him as maybe even a, a dark horse Cy Young candidate, something like that, uh, a lot of expectation after what he went 11 and 11 last season, and uh, you know really opened some eyes and, and, and proved that he's he's in he's a he's a big league pitcher and a, and a good front of the rotation uh, starting piece. Uh, what what does this do for for McKenzie who? So far at the big league level, at least, hasn't had to deal with injuries, but injuries have been a part of his past in the minors. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously he's disappointed. It's been kind of a, you know, his his numbers didn't look great this spring, Joe. Uh, you know, he, he went in with an ERA over eight uh, in, the, in the Sunday's game. But, you know, you got to, you know, it, it depends how you view, uh, you know, spring training stats. Some of them count. Some, you know, some people put a lot of stock in them. A lot of people don't put any stock in them. And, you know, but Tristan was saying, you know, the biggest thing with him is that he was after his previous start is that he's healthy. He feels good and he's ready for the season. And all of a sudden this happened. So, you know, this is, I'm, I'm sure this is a setback. Uh, and we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll just see how it, it goes from here. And, you know, but, you know, the thing is, it happened in spring training. If it's not serious, you know, the you know best case scenario, you know, he bounces back and maybe they, they pitch him, you know, they just move him back into rotation, you know, kind of, you know, an intermediate scenario. They put him on the IL for 15 days and he comes back and he's, you know, he's, he's healthy for the rest of the season. So, uh, you know, right now, you know, they're, they're, they are hoping for the best, obviously. Uh, the, the thing that, that strikes me is, you know, they got it after one inning, you know, he comes out and it's not like it was uh, in between pitches. He felt something. And, uh, you know, like when Nick Mikulacic walked off the mound uh, earlier in camp uh, and, and suffered, uh, you know, what what could be a, 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 a you know, a Tommy John situation there. Uh, I'm certainly not saying that that's what, um, you know, McKenzie felt, but 
you know, it, it, if it wasn't like pitch to pitch that something happened, it was more of a, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to talk this through with the trainers and maybe the, the cooler heads prevailed there before he went back out and injured any further. Maybe they did catch it early enough or right now. It's just, it's, it, there's just so much you can speculate on uh, until they get him worked up and, you know, get a look. See, I, I just keep remembering, uh, you know, when Aaron Savali was was going through his his thing with his wrist and, you know, he thought that, uh, you know, they had they had caught it early enough there or, or you know, he felt something. But I, you know, the feeling that, oh, this could be something really bad uh, and it turned out to not be as bad as we thought it was. Maybe that this is the, the situation with, with Tristan. There are just there's just so many possibilities right now. Speculating on it is, you know, kind of kind of pointless. Yeah, we we just gotta wait and see what they, they say. Uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, Terry Francona said, you know, we did this move, took him out of the game, you know, because of an an abundance of caution, quote unquote. So, uh, you know, they they were they were being very very careful with them. You know, like you said, Joe, the timing is bad, and uh, you know, the the last thing they need is a starter getting hurt. So, uh, you know, I'm sure they're gonna you know do everything they can, you know, to to make sure he's he. Tristan, you know, comes back, and when he does come back, is 100%. Uh, that wasn't the the only big news, I guess, uh, of the weekend or out of, uh, you know, the weekend's games. Uh, we we got a, a little, uh, maybe a little misdirection, maybe a little, uh, you know, toying with us or trolling us uh, from, uh, from Ahmed Rosario over the weekend as, uh, he's tweeting out there uh, eyeballs and, and uh, <laughs> arm muscles and, and all sorts of stuff, uh, uh, making people believe that maybe there was a, an extension uh, talk, uh, you know, on the table or maybe there was a contract about to be signed. Uh, we don't know, but uh, we do now know that uh, Rosario and his folks were were in conversations with uh, the Guardians about a contract. Uh, what more do we know about that right now? Yeah, they are in active uh, conversations. You know, I thought lastly last night that they might have a deal today, but that's not going to happen from what I've been told. Um, But, you know, the the, uh, Guardians are interested in keeping Rosario past, you know, this season. And uh, we'll just see how, you know, and and Rosario sounded like he was, you know, he had some interest in staying. He likes Cleveland. He likes Jose Ramirez. You know, uh, Terry Francona loves him. Uh, he's really a force at the top of that lineup. But, you know, Joe, I'm wondering, you know, he, you know, he's he's not, you know, he's not Trey Turner. He's not, uh, you know, th- that group. He's not, uh, you know, uh, Xavier Bogarts. But, you know, I'm just wondering where he stands, what kind of contract he would be he would be looking for and what are the comps with him the comparison the comparison uh, the comparable players with him you know well, because you know it's that's just uh it's just a tough uh, a tough contract to to figure out what what the, what they would pay him right because the because the shortstop market was such a huge market last last offseason and uh the contracts that some of these guys were signing you're, you're looking at a med rosario going okay well where does he slide in? What does he, where does he fit? Clearly he's not Carlos Correa level in terms of, you know, defense or hitting or experience, but he does what he does well. And he provides what he provides. I think in, in the right situation, he's, he's certainly worth uh, 
you know, some sort of contract, maybe not the uh, the 200 to 300 million dollars that, you know, those guys sign. Uh, but with the Med Rosario, you got to take into account. I don't think I know of uh, a, another player right now out there who's whose comfort level dictates his, uh, uh, you know, performance and, and ability to play more than a Med Rosario. We, we saw that when you move him out of, you know, his natural, his, his comfortable, his comfortable position is shortstop and his comfortable batting position is batting second. That's is in his mind. If he's hitting second in the order and playing shortstop, he's comfortable. He's going to perform at his, at his highest. There's nothing else on his mind. When you move him around the lineup, when you move him around in the field, uh, he's, he's not as productive and he's, he's shown that. So, uh, you know, that there, there's something to be said for that, uh, that, that he, he can only be your, your shortstop and your number two hitter, uh, and, and be productive and, and be the kind of guy that, that earns some sort of contract. Yeah, Joe. I mean, uh, so I, you know, I think we'll, we'll see, you know, in the coming days, you know, Chris Antonetti was kind of, was playing at Coy, you know, so, uh, you know, you know, he wasn't, you know, they, he doesn't, uh, he, they don't really say anything anyways, if they, if they're, if they're talking extension. So, um, you know, I, I just, you know, you know, like even Dansby Swanson signed a $177 million deal, you know, with the Cubs. I just, I don't see that kind of deal for, for, uh, for, uh, Ahmed, you know, yeah, from Dan Cleveland Swanson, and Dansby Swanson has a ring. So, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, so, you know, you know, I was looking Brandon Crawford with the Giants. Now he's 36, but he's on a two year, $32 million deal, you know, but, you know, uh, Rosario is only 27, 28 years old. So, you know, and he could, if he goes, if he plays this out and go comes, becomes a free agent, you know, he's probably the top shortstop on the free agent market this winter. So, so a lot of, a lot of balls in the air, a lot of moving pieces, but, you know, they are talking, and we'll see what gets done. And and what would a Ahmed Rosario contract look like or make sense for Cleveland in terms of years? I mean, how many years do you want to lock up that shortstop position when you've got Gabriel Arias, Brian Rocchio, Jose Tana? You know, there are guys that that you want to see them play their natural position, and shortstop is that spot. Yeah, you know why? And, and why have you been collecting shortstops for the last ten years if you're not going to give one of them a chance? So, you know, a lot of interesting things going on here. Uh, you know, but I think um, perhaps you know uh, Cleveland feels it. It you know it has a chance to win to, to repeat as a division champ, and uh, you know their best bet to do that would be with Rosario at shortstop, and maybe for more than one year. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the answer right there is that you you see Rosario as the shortstop for this particular window and you want to make sure that he's in place for that window uh particularly with his uh his ride or die sitting next to him at, at third base. <laughs> um that's uh and that's a big voice there uh advocating for him. Uh you almost want to make that uh deal happen just to make uh make Jose happy and keep him you know, happy and healthy and productive. Yeah, there's, you know, Jose was walking through the locker room uh, yesterday morning, 
you know, he saw saw the reporters standing, you know, clumped together, and he goes, "Ahmed's going to sign today," and he he's you know motioning and signing signing a contract in the air, you know, so. <laughs> He yeah, never knows. That's his best, that's his best PR know. guy, his best marketing guy, his best agent right there is uh, is number eleven to to definitely get uh you know whatever kind of attention and, and push behind that. Uh, all right, uh, let's talk about the roster and the decisions that were made over the weekend. Uh, Hunter Gaddis and uh, Tim Heron were told that they had earned spots on the roster. Uh, Richie Palacios and Roman Quinn. We're told that they had not earned spots on the roster, and that means that uh, three catchers would be making the opening day uh, roster as long as nothing crazy happened. Now, of course, Tristan McKenzie goes and makes something crazy happen, but uh, that really shouldn't affect the bench as much. Uh, If I had told you in January that three catchers would be on Cleveland's opening day roster and none of them would be named Bo Naylor, uh, you probably would have looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah, definitely, Joe. You know, I, I can't remember a, t- a Cleveland team that I've covered opening with three catchers. It's probably happened. But, you know, I, I can't, uh, you know, it's not on the tip of my tongue. So Mike Zanino, Cam Gallagher, and Maybreeze Valoria right now are going to be the uh, three catchers. And uh, they said the reason they did it, you know, is to kind of protect Zanino, uh, you know, he's not, I don't, I, they think he's healthy, but he's still kind of rusty. I think, you know, after only playing what 33, 36 games last year with the Rays before undergoing surgery on his left arm and they don't want him, you know, on the days, like uh, if they only went with two catchers, you know, Cam Gallagher probably would have been the second guy. And they, on the days Gallagher catches and they have to pinch hit for him. They don't want to bring Zanino back in, you know, and finish out the, the finish, close out the game, uh, you know, and, and play him seven, eight, nine days in a row. Uh, Francona said they don't want to run him into the ground. So, you know, by having uh, Valoria that gives him, you know, a third catcher, another, uh, you know, pinch hitting, uh, you know, uh, option. And it gets uh, Arias and, uh, and uh, Will Brennan more chances to pinch hit as well. Yeah, I think that's the uh, the, the bigger uh, sort of point here is that, uh, you know, Valoria is a little bit more of a veteran guy. He can sit for a longer stretch and he can he can provide you a little bit more at the plate with a left handed bat to, to pinch hit. Uh, and, and you're right. You wouldn't have to you would give uh, Zanino complete days off. You know, he wouldn't have to play at all if he's on a day off. Uh, but it also opens up more opportunities for Arias and Brennan. Now Arias and Brennan are basically the only backups at their at their positions. Uh, you know, Arias around the infield and, and Brennan can pretty much play all three outfield spots. Uh, so all of those at bats or all of those you know days off uh, games to to spell starters uh, will will go to those guys. It's not like. Arias would have to split with a guy like a Freeman if he were still on the on the roster, or uh, you had you would have to decide between uh, Brennan and Palacios if he made the the club as the as a fifth outfielder. Now you know who the backups are going to be, and it's just going to be those those single guys at, at in the infield and in the outfield. Yeah, and it's it's important to get those guys at bats, Joe, because basically you know they're both still rookies. They made their uh, big league debuts last year. 
but they're still classified as rookies. And, the, you know, the last thing you want to do is take two of your, you know, top better players, better prospects and and let them, you know, kind of die on the vine on the bench. So, you know, uh, Francona is going to have to, uh, you know, kind of mix and match that lineup and make sure they stay fresh. Uh, Arias got hit on the hand by a pitch on Friday night, uh, but but he seems to be OK. Yeah, it looked really serious at the time, Joe. Uh, you know, he sat down behind home plate. He told me he thought he broke his hand again. It was He said he got hit on the same spot that he got hit last year when he suffered a broken right hand and had to have surgery. And he was really, really scared. But, you know, they did some scans on the hand. Uh, no break was found. And he said he started to feel better almost right away. Uh, he took ground balls uh, two days ago. He was supposed to swing the bat uh, yesterday. So he's progressing nicely. Yeah, uh, it's just funny how, you know, one time you get hit on the hand and it's a it's a bruise and, you know, it goes numb and it, it you shake it off. It feels better in a couple of days. Uh, another time you get hit on the hand and it's a it's a fracture. It's you, you just can never tell one way or another if, uh, uh, you know, when a guy gets hit there uh, up close uh, in the hand off the bat, something like that, uh, it, it, which way it's going to go. Yeah, you know, and and for the luck of the draw, I mean, this time, uh, you know, this time uh, uh, Arias got lucky, and maybe you know the surgery. Who knows? You know, you have surgery on your hand. Maybe it makes it stronger. Maybe it makes that bone stronger. And he, but he was he was really lucky, you know, because he, he you could tell that he was really upset with him upset after he got hit. He was he was down there. He sat down right behind home plate as soon as it happened had his head down you know he, he just makes a ball club for, it's, it's going to be the first time he opens the season with the big league club you know it's four days five, five days away from the season opener and he had just come in the game as a defensive replacement that was his first at bat and he gets you know he gets hammered on the hand and uh thankfully you know he he dodged a bullet there uh, speaking of dodging a bullet, uh, I, I believe uh, that was the game where uh, the, the Guardians almost had to, to send their interpreter to the plate. Uh, <laughs> Gustin Rivera was in the on-deck circle, swinging a bat, getting ready to go out there and hit. Uh, what was the, uh, the, the strange circumstances? Because obviously they had just told uh, Richie Palacios and Roman Quinn uh, that they were headed down to minor league camp earlier in that day. So... They were a little thin on the bench, and they didn't have enough minor leaguers up because everybody in the uh, in the clubhouse at the facility it was a, a late night game, so everybody else had gone home for the day. Uh, you couldn't you run down to the the backfields and call up a, an outfielder real quickly. Uh, what uh, what led to the circumstances that uh, Augie almost got in a game? Yeah, Augie uh, was in the was in the trainer's room with. Uh, with, uh, you know, with Arias, checking out Arias. And, uh, you know, when uh, Francona called him, he goes, we need you down here. So he grabbed the jersey, you know, number 98. He grabbed some spikes. Uh, they were, he said they were pitcher spikes. They weren't even position players' uh, spikes. And he came sprinting down the left field line, grabbed the bat, got into the on-deck circle, and uh, thankfully uh, – <laughs> Junior, San Quentin, the, yeah. the, the San Quentin struck out to end the eighth inning, and he didn't get to it, didn't get the at bat. But you know, Augie really wanted to 
bad. He, I don't think he swung a bat in in a professional game since what 2006 when he was in the uh, Dominican Summer League with the the, uh, the Yankees. So he was he, he was eager to get up there and, and take his hacks. Yeah, I, Augie is is quick to remind everyone that you know he did play. It's not like he he doesn't have that experience, so he could get out there and it would would know uh, uh you know would look like he knows what he's doing. Uh, I remember back in. In 2020, when they were uh, doing the extended spring training at, in Cleveland, and uh, they were playing some games, and uh, uh, that he was out there uh, in, at one time uh, in, in one of those games, uh, just in the outfield. But you know, those were all inter-squad games. Uh, the, the rules apply in terms of like Francona might have faced like some sort of punishment if if Augie had gone in a game, correct? Yeah, I think that's what he said. He, he could have been fined by the league, but he said that would have been well worth it to see uh, to see Augie swing the bat. And another weird thing happened in that game as they ran out of players. You know, Alan Pinto, a minor league pitcher, you know, <laughs> Francona sent him up to DH, you know, for Josh Naylor, I, th- I believe in the seventh inning. And uh, with the specific orders of not to stand in the back of the box as far as you can get away from home plate and do not swing at all. And he took three straight pitches from Al Leiter Jr. and, and struck out. But, you know, they, that's how desperate they were for players. That's the uh, easiest strikeout Al Leiter Jr. will ever have is uh, uh, the pitcher with the instructions, don't swing the bat, just throw <laughs> it down the middle of the plate. Uh, so, you know, that leaves us with... Um, what two games in uh, in Phoenix and then uh, uh, getting ready for the, the the start of the regular season? Yeah, uh, tonight uh, they're playing uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Diamondbacks. You know, Aaron Savali will make his last start of the spring. Madison Bumgarner is going for the D-backs, and uh, on on two on Tuesday, Cal Quantrill makes his last start. Of the spring against uh, against uh, the D backs at Chase Field, and then they break camp and head for Seattle. I expect to see maybe uh, a more of a representative uh, lineup uh, tonight, and then probably not a not really a lot of the guys that will be regulars uh, in, in tomorrow's lineup, or or. or you think he'll mix yeah, it up? I think it might. I think it might be vice versa, Joe, because you know they all got to go over to the to the ballpark Tuesday on because they're leaving right from you know Chase Field to the airport after the game. I would imagine so. Maybe they'll have the you know a, a better lineup. You know the the A lineup us on Tuesday and and send some you know minor league kids over uh, on uh, on tonight. But you know the tr- uh, but the Class A team. I mean the AAA Columbus broke camp Sunday. They 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 left. They left oh, the wow. facility. So you know I, I'm not sure what kind of lineups these these two teams will have. These two games will feature. Well, we'll uh, we'll let. I guess we'll see when they they get out there. Um, Hoinsey will be uh, in touch with you uh, again uh, tomorrow and uh, for another podcast and then. Uh, as we, we head to Seattle and, and get ready for uh, the, the season to open. Uh, we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. 